is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon all across the great state of Michigan, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening to us all across the Great Lakes state, and of course, worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We welcome you here to the huge show. That's Brett Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino filling in for the huge one. So great to be with you on an afternoon here on the Michigan Sports Network. As always, visit michigansportsnetwork.com. I host the mornings, X's and Bros, with my cohorts, Danny Cahalan and Ryan Elke from 6 to 9 across Michigan and here in this afternoon from 3 until 6 on your commute back home. That's Brett Hayes. You can find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes H-A-Z-E on Twitter. As I mentioned, I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. So great to have you with us. We want to hear from you. Text the keyword HUGE to 21000. That's HUGE, H-U-G-E, to 21000 to share your thoughts on anything that we might have going on on the program today. Of course, we always want to hear uh, from the listeners. we got an action-packed show uh, today to discuss a whole myriad of different topics. Dan Hasty will join us uh, on the Tigers. We'll be talking to Scoop. Scoop Jackson will join us on the National Basketball Association and the playoffs. Ryan Hanna from the Wing Wheel Podcast on the fact that the, well, the Red Wings just cannot get any lottery luck whatsoever uh, so we'll get into all of those different topics plus a myriad of other things as well but let me first touch base uh, with my guy Brett Hayes in the studio Brett long time no talk Brett just told me he played 81 holes from like Wednesday to Sunday last week I- I'm just trying to figure out how did you get all that time off well it's just two days and uh, Zane filled in for me, so that was very nice of him. But yeah, it was a lot, a lot of golf. I was feeling pretty tired the the past couple of days, but yeah, feeling pretty good now. Wow, it's it's great, man. How'd you play? Did you hit them all right? Um, I hit them all right. I drank a lot of beer, so I had hey. fun. I'll say that. And you had a you had a great time. Well, that's yeah. great, uh, man. It is. I, I've been playing uh, a lot of four rounds in the last uh, you know five or six days, so I am working extra extra remote. Brett Hayes is in the ninety six to one uh, ninety six one the game studios, our flagship there uh, in West Michigan. I am super remote, way way south. Just you know, just had to had to step out, get away for a little bit, but uh, but brought all my equipment so that I can continue uh, you know continue to do the job, man. It, it's it, you know it's nonstop. You know you know what it is. We're like coal miners out here. Uh, the Mercantile Bank listener line one eight six six. 
866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843 is how you can dial us there. And, of course, hit, hit us up on Twitter as well, at Huge Show. Uh, and for me directly, at A.C. Bellino. That's B-E-L-L-I-N-O. All right, I want to start first with this uh, this this story. And, and by the way, the Tigers tonight, 6-10 first pitch, taking on the Guardians. We'll start there. Big win last night, 6-2 over the Gardos. We love to see it for the Detroit Tigers, who, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, one of the hottest teams in baseball, right? They swept that series against the Mets in three games. They beat the Cardinals in their series two games to one outside of that 12-6 loss the other day. And then 6-2 uh, last night, winner, winner, chicken dinner. They're feeling good. 16-18, and 18, only two games back of 500 are the Detroit Tigers. Only two and a half games back for the lead in the AL Central. Who would have thought? Round of applause. The studio audience, they love the Tigers right now. I had them pin for 100 losses. I'm not going to lie. That's what I was like. Look, I'm not, I, I don't even know what to think about this season. The injuries, you know, the, the beginning of the season, and then the, the, the pulling of Javier Baez in Toronto. And wow, the changes that have been made there. There are only three teams in Major League Baseball. Just three. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston Red Sox, and the L.A. Dodgers who are hotter right now than the Detroit Tigers in their last 10 games. All three of those teams are 8-2 and two in their last 10. The Detroit Tigers are 7-3. and three. So how about that? Good for them. More on the Tigers coming up with Dan Hasty. But I want to start here with this story because it came out yesterday. The audio was posted online. West Virginia coach Bob Huggins, uh, career now very much weighing in the balance. And uh, you might be asking why if you haven't heard this story. He was on a Cincinnati radio program, and the former UC Bearcats coach was talking about Xavier. And uh, he said this word, uh, not, not accidentally, but used it very, very intentionally and did it twice. He referred to Xavier fans as Catholic and then used the uh, homophobic slur um, that begins with F, is what he said. Now, he said it, said it again. Myself... As a uh, as a Catholic coming up in, in two different uh, churches, I'm one of those people that went went to two sides, Roman Catholic and then Serbian Orthodox. I listen to the audio, and I am part of that group. the The large majority of folks that are out there in the in the real world that aren't just sucked into Twitter and social media. I'm not excusing his language, but I'm a part of the the actual majority here that says, ah, you know. I don't not really do anything for me. Didn't hurt my feelings. I listened to it. What I did say to myself was, hmm, what if we replace Catholic with something else for comparison's sake? Right? What if we took out Catholic and, you know, use one of the other major religions? What if we threw in Muslim or Jewish? Or what if we went, you know, Buddhist or Hindu? How would that be received? Would we be having any sort of questioning as to what happens next. What's very interesting about this is that Bob Huggins actually had Tom Brenneman to West Virginia's campus to speak to the team. And and Huggy actually tweeted this back on November 21st of 2020. If you remember Tom Brenneman uh, was caught uh, while he believed that they were in break, hot mics always, right? Believed that they were in break during a broadcast and had referred to San Francisco as a city of same same word that Huggins used. And 
that's where all the memes came out and all the jokes on Twitter. There's a drive by Castellanos, you know, because he was in the middle of the broadcast. He was trying to apologize. He was not even able to finish the broadcast. And that was that. The Oakland A's broadcaster, Glenn, I think it's Cooper or Cooper. Not really sure. My apologies. K-U-I-P-E-R is how he spells his last name. Don't know who he is. He's been suspended after uttering a racial slur while describing a trip to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. He did not say Negro Leagues. He said another N-word in terms of the museum, and it just rolled right off the tongue. Didn't even realize that he said it. His broadcast partner was sitting there like, yep, just shook his head. Yeah, okay. Maybe he said it. Maybe he didn't say it. Maybe I'm hearing things. I don't know. Right? Well, the Oakland A's, they have suspended him indefinitely. I can't imagine, especially with everything they have going on in Oakland, I can't imagine that he will be back in business in the broadcast world. Now, as somebody who's in broadcasting, right, and Brett Hayes producing today's show, if I were to say something by accident that were to slip out, there is a button. Brett, do you have one of those buttons there? We like to call them the dump button. Do you have a dump button over there? I do, yeah. You have a dump button. And so for this to actually be aired on Cincinnati radio and for him not only to say the word once, but twice with Catholics in between. Like, are you kidding? Like where who's producing the show? Where was the dump button? From a broadcast standpoint, where was that at? I mean, you know, on the morning show, we actually had to we had to dole out a two week suspension to a listener, which we had to use the dump button twice during his phone calls because, hey, we, we got we to clean it up a little bit. His suspension, I believe, is over uh, on Friday. And so, you know, it's, a, hey, it's just one of those things. Like, look, you, you make us use the button. Once is okay, but you do it more than once. And, you know, now we, now we got we to we suspend you. And I hope to have the individual back. I hope he continues to call in. I hope he's still listening to the show after serving his suspension, right? And it's kind of fun. It's fun for the listeners to play along with. But this right here, what is Huggy? What are they going to do with Bob Huggins? Now, he did release an apology in which he said, during the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and aberrant phrase that there is simply no excuse for. And I will try to make one. I deeply apologize to the individual I have offended. As I've shared with my players over 40 years of coaching, there are consequences for our words and our actions, and I will fully accept any coming my way. I am ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt. I must do better, and I will. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, that's kind of what we expect to hear during this. Will he be suspended, though? Question mark. Will he be terminated, fired with cause? Question mark. Or because he is an icon. Uh, especially at West Virginia, will they allow him to continue his head coaching career that dates all the way back to 1980 and features more wins at the Division One level than any other coach in history, not named Mike Krzyzewski or Jim Beheim. I don't know. It's reasonable to assume that cancel culture might hop on the wagon and call it quits for Bob Huggins. But as someone in which he is basically referring to, which would be me because of, you know, how I uh, was raised in my religion, I personally couldn't care less what he says. And maybe, just maybe, some food for thought here. Maybe I am in the majority of people that don't get lost on the Internet, that aren't worried about every other thing being offensive, that don't want to cancel every other single person 
for just saying whatever. Because, look, it's directed at me, and it doesn't bother me. Now, if he said it about somebody else, all I'm asking for is consistency. And if that religion was different, what would be the reaction in the response today from the national media? Would they be covering the story with the same zest as if it wasn't Catholic and if it was somebody else? That's my biggest question. We're going to step aside. I have some questions for Dan Hasty regarding the Tigers, one of the hottest teams in baseball. We'll talk to him next on the Mercantile. Roast Umber. Guest line. We're going to get to all of it. Mercantile Bank. Listener line is how you call us. 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-HUGE. Hit us up on the Mercantile Bank listener line. And Dan Hasty will join us next here on the HUGE Show on the Michigan Sports Network. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Godsmack, live and in your face. Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino, plus Bad Wolves. And same show, same night, Bullet for My Valentine. Tickets start at $28 on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Godsmack, May 26th, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids, and now they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Now, Dorn Mayhew is an east side firm. Now you get the west side of Michigan with Bean Carter, and whether you're a small business or big business, they can handle all of your accounting and business needs at Bean Carter. Just go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I mentioned with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew, they cover all of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast to coast. Find out how the pros at Bean Garter can help your business today. Go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I know Tom Rosenbach and his team are so happy about their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds us that when it comes to child abuse prevention, we can always make a difference. And we can do that starting now. Be kind and be strong for the kids who need our help. Be mindful of how much every child matters. Create a safe, loving environment for all children. Today, tomorrow, and every single day, we can light the way for a child who needs us. And we can do that starting now. Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. 
to the huge show broadcasting across the state of Michigan. Great to be with you. I'm Anthony Bellino filling into the big chair today for the huge one. That's Brett Hayes joining us on the horn right now covering the Detroit Tigers. A good buddy, Dan Hasty. Studio audience, they love him too. Dan the man, what's going on, brother? How are you? How's life? How are things? What's up, baby? Just getting ready oh, for a you know. over in West Michigan. You're getting ready for a ball game. You're spending time with me, oh, with all of us. I appreciate that. Find Dan on Twitter, by the way, at that Dan Hasty. He made uh, he made he's an internet sensation. And I don't know if Bill has asked you about this, so I figured I would ask you about this today when I got you on the horn. Your uh, you and your crew decided to do a Masters theme during the Masters uh, for uh, for for one batter. I thought it was simply sensational. Were you surprised at the reaction from the people? Oh, stunned. I mean, the Internet is a, is a weird place. We all know that. But I just think being able to, to see what that did, I mean, we, we've done things like that for years in our broadcast booth, years. But the difference is, is never got put out on social media. <laughs> and on top of that, the, the Masters were going on that weekend. So, you know, all things considered, I, I think, and, you know, you understand this a lot. I think a lot of us in the media business do. There's a lot of reasons you can go viral. Many of them are not good. So it's really nice to be able to be an exception to that. I literally uh, opened up today's show talking about uh, one of the reasons, uh, you know, on, on how a broadcast goes viral in relation to the Bob Huggins uh, situation taking place now in West Virginia and what to do there. So, yeah, there's plenty of reasons uh, why you don't want to be viral. But yours was a great story, Dan. And I just uh, I. I loved every second of it. I was like, man, I wish they'd just do the whole game like this. Like, why not? Like, let's just have a good time. The the Detroit Tigers are one of the hottest teams in baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston Red Sox, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are the only three teams that have a better record over their last ten games than the Detroit Tigers. They've actually crawled within two and a half games of the lead in the AL Central and just two games back of 500 uh, going into the game, uh, game number two against the Cleveland Guardians. What do you attribute their, you know, I guess maybe surprise success to? Well, I think it starts with, with pitching. I think Chris Setter, I mean, and we've seen this in the years leading up to this year. The one strategical advantage that the Tigers have had, and there have not been many, it's pitching management. It's bullpen management. I mean, Chris Fetter was, Fetter was getting, you know, he was, he was making lemonade for, for a while out of that situation. And you can make the argument that he has even less to work with now than he's had since he's been here. I mean, gone is Joe Jimenez, gone is Greg Soto. And now all of a sudden, Andrew Chapin, to name a few. But now he's continuing to find a way to develop. And it's that same development that just hadn't been happening in the minor league system for enough time during the era, But it's happening now, ironically, at the big league level. Some guys who I don't think we expected. I mean, Alex Lang, that guy's an all-star right now. I mean, he's literally going to probably be 
the Detroit Tigers all-star representative based on what he's done so far this year. It'll be very interesting to see how things play out. But not only that, but you've got Eduardo Rodriguez playing well. There's a chance that he probably opts out. I don't know if we want that at the moment, but Javier Baez. I mean, say what you will about Javier Baez, but that guy also has an opt-out after this season. And I know that Tigers fans probably can't process the idea of him utilizing that option, but don't think it's the craziest thing considering what he's doing. He's well in a far and away the Detroit Tigers war wins above replacement leader. So talking about those guys, I mean, they, they've gotten a lot out of the group that they have. And you look at teams like the New York Mets with their huge bloated payrolls and then you've got the Tigers who have Miguel Cabrera and uh, people like, you know, working for wages like you and me. I mean, essentially, I mean, they're having a very similar, not the same record. So it's pretty satisfying seeing what they've been able to do the last three weeks. You mentioned Javier Baez, and when he got pulled from that game in Toronto, you know, we're talking about it on, on the morning show about how, like, could this be the turning point? Let's let, let's circle, you know, this game in which Javi gets yanked by AJ Hinch, who is furious but doesn't show uh, just doesn't show an inkling of emotion, right? Just staring dead into space, just like, oh, what's wrong here? Pulls Javi to the side, takes him down in the tunnel. Javier comes out into the dugout, grabs his stuff, leaves the game. We're like, okay, they still won that game against Toronto. We're gonna circle that date we'll remember it just in case looking back at that now it almost i know it's i know it's a young season i know that we're you know just barely over 30 games played but it does kind of feel like that was one of those moments he has been incredibly uh improved since that moment javier Baez individually and the team as a whole is that a turning point for you you know what i think the thing is that's really easy to forget is that Javier Baez was one of the better shortstops in Major League Baseball before he got to Detroit. Now, it's not to say that he's no longer one of those. I still think he very much is. But we all saw what happened last year. He didn't play like that. Now, that being said, after the All-Star break, we should go look because the numbers Javier Baez put up were very much on par, if not as good or better, as what he had typically done in a normal half of his big league career. So if we go back to about August 1 and look at what Javi Baez has done since that time, look, he's frustrating. He is a hard watch on some days. I mean, where I don't think he's ever going to chase that slider down and away with two strikes. But the things that he can do for you should far outweigh some of the flaws that he has. And when you shake everything out at the course of the end of the season, it's not going to surprise me in the slightest if we look at the Tigers' war leader is Javier Baez. I mean, he's just – he's a catalyst. And I will say, I think he's having fun playing the game right now, which I don't think it's been very fun for him the last year and change. So to see him make that turn, I think is probably one of the reasons that the Tigers have made the turn as well. Alex Fiedo got the start on a Sunday series finale against St. Louis. The Tigers option their veteran starter Spencer Turnbull down to a AAA Toledo. In seven starts, Turnbull's one and four with a 726 ERA. Struck out 24, he's walked 15 in 31 innings of action. He did start on Saturday, allowed five runs in four and two-thirds innings. Struck out six, walked one, got a season-high 11 swinging strikes. What do you make of the move of Turnbull getting sent down? 
You know, I feel bad for him first and foremost. I mean, he's somebody that uh, I had the pleasure of watching really kind of come into his own as a pro in West Michigan. That, that was at that time the low affiliate for the Tigers. But, you know, seeing, you know, the career arc for him where you go from kind of relative unknown to having probably the hottest two-and-a-half-month stretch in Major League Baseball that includes throwing a no-hitter, to Tommy John surgery, to now. I mean, it's it's so funny because he's like the most mild-mannered guy you'd ever meet. So the fact that his career is just a straight-up roller coaster, it's probably good that he's wired the way that he is. But, you know, in terms of him needing to get sent down, I mean, look, I think he has a profile for a successful major league pitcher. Do I think it's as a starter? I'm not sure. Maybe he's a reliever long-term when he comes back. I think – his stuff has a tendency to play up in short spurts. And they've been talking about Turnbull as a reliever since literally the day he was drafted. So maybe that's the move. Maybe that's the pivot that the Tigers can make. But look, I mean, Tommy John is really hard to come back from. And you've got to work up your stamina. Some guys get it back. Maybe some guys don't. And if he doesn't get it back, that's okay, too, because he can throw an inning. He can throw two innings. And he can be very effective. I mean, look at the career arc of Michael Fulmer. I mean, he was a starting pitcher, and now what is he doing? He's in the bullpen, and he's been there for years now. He's been doing it effectively. So you can make that transition. I don't think it's a, a permanent demotion by any stretch. I think they just kind of had a numbers game situation come up. They decided to send him down, allow him to continue to rehab at the AAA level. But I don't think it'll be long until he's back up in Detroit. Well, that's a uh, and maybe some some good news there. And if there is a little bit of a transition, like you said, maybe he goes into uh, more of a reliever role versus a starter. Uh, they could still maximize what he has in the tank. That would be great to see. Uh, I, I think. I think that that that's a uh, you know, that's really sort of a, a move there where you might have some you know some unexpected value coming out of the bullpen, especially if he is comfortable in that role and accepts that role. Because I feel like from from a starter to reliever. I feel like there's a little bit, not only a transition from a physical athletic standpoint, but also a transition from a mental approach and your role and how you see yourself and how other teams and in your team, your franchise kind of see you. Well, and think about the strategical advantage, too. I mean, let's say his stuff does play up, but now all of a sudden this bullpen that has actually looked fairly good now all of a sudden has not just another arm that can add to that, but one of the things that's a really valuable commodity in baseball right now is a multi-inning reliever, somebody that can go and throw you an inning in two-thirds or two and a third and just kind of gobble up some of those mid-to-late innings that your starter's not doing well. And Look, I mean, if you're going to throw Spencer Turnbull, a guy with a no-hitter on his resume, as a fireman of sorts, and I don't know if it'll ever come to quite that, but he certainly has enough in the tank to become something like that. So, look, I mean, th- this is a team that I don't know how competitive, at least in terms of like a postseason berth that they're going to be, but at least we're having that conversation. And isn't that refreshing? It just feels like we haven't had that in a long, long time. Postseason, uh, Dan Hasty. I had this team, you know, before the season started. I was like, this group's going to lose a hundred games. I was trying to, I was trying to prepare Tigers fans for the worst, and they're out here. They're damn near five hundred. 
And they look better than a lot of other teams. I mean, they probably look better than anybody in their division right now. And the only reason that I think it's acceptable to even entertain the thought is because the AL Central is just brutal, right? Ooh, I mean, man, I don't know if the White Sox are going to figure this out. I don't know if the Twins are going to figure it out. I see the Cleveland Guardians. That's the team, obviously, that you're really going to be fighting with. Yes, so it's going to come. If, if all goes in the best-case scenario, you're fighting with Cleveland this whole summer. And, I mean, we just saw what they did last night, and they've already won a series against Cleveland. So, so far, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to at least give you hope. And I was sick and tired of hope running out at the end of spring training. So it's kind of fun that we're talking about this in mid-May. Well, you know, they say hope is the most dangerous thing a prisoner can have. I, mean, I don't know where that came from. If that was Shawshank Redemption or where that came from. But uh, it, it's a slippery slope. We start talking about uh, that word hope. All right, another name that has come up. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on Eduardo Rodriguez, who has been the ace of the staff. People are coming after me. I'm like, yo, this guy's the best pitcher we got. His ERA is at 181. He's got 39 strikeouts. His whip is 0.78. Like, come on. His record might be 3-2, and two, but this guy is wheeling and dealing, folks. You got to show Eduardo some uh, Rodriguez some love, uh, but for whatever reason, people are like, "Oh, we got a good pitcher. Let's trade him away." I got to ask you, what would be your strategy with Eduardo moving forward, looking towards the deadline, and then looking forward towards twenty twenty four with the way that he has pitched thus far? Well, I mean, if he's making himself a commodity, I mean, that's something you've always got to listen. I mean, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays have shown that you can't be scared to trade a player at his peak value. So, you know, you look at a guy like Eduardo and, you know, here's the truth. Like, you know, you mentioned the record and people kind of poo-pooing the record. It's like, who cares about a record? I mean, talk about the most antiquated stat in baseball as we have it. Like, who cares about wins and losses? Like, do you get battered out? Do you strike guys out? What's your K for nine rate? Like, are, are you are, are you dominant when you're on the mound? I've seen a lot of bad pitchers get wins. <laughs> I, I, I don't see a lot of bad pitchers post walks plus hits per inning under one. Like, that's Eduardo Rodriguez right now. So his record doesn't matter. What he's done is he's excelled at all the important metrics. And truth be told, like, there's a lot of teams that are going to be paying attention to a lot of those numbers. And you also throw in the fact that he's a lefty. So now you have something that's a little bit more of a commodity on top of that. You have the chance to have him for the rest of the season. There's an opt-out that's possibly at play, so maybe you don't have to commit to him long-term, or maybe you want to commit to him. You have a little flexibility there. So, look, if you're really about team building, and I think this was one of the moves that you know Scott Harris coming here utilizes, or at least opens the possibility of, you have to be open-minded. You have to listen. I mean, there's a real chance that this time next year, Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez are no longer on this baseball team. So as much as you want to keep the core together, the truth is, is that the core can walk out that door if it wants to. So you have to at least find a way to get something for what you have. Make sure you don't take too big of a hit long-term. I like what Eduardo Rodriguez has done. I like what Javier Baez has done. I don't get that frustrated watching by it like I know a lot of people do. But look, I mean, that's just team building at its finest. And that's what you brought in Scott Harris to do. Well, you know, uh, that was that was really something, Dan. Uh, when you mentioned Javier Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez might not be a part of this team, 
long term, that is, uh, yeah, I mean, you raise a very good point there. You factor in the contracts, factor what the value is, make yourself a commodity. I always just, you know, the whole the whole sell high, buy low deal, like I, I get real nervous, Dan. I get real nervous about selling selling when, you know, guys maximizing his, uh, you know, the, the lucrativeness, if you will, of, of his bean. Uh, you know, because every time we do that, we get a bunch of prospects from Baseball America that are ranked, oh, this guy, and then boom, what do they turn into? You know, that's what, that's what concerns me, Dan. So can I tell you, so I don't think it's the personnel in more cases than not. That is subpar. Like, for example, the, the return that Justin Verlander got, because that's the one that we all like to point to, right? Or the return that J.D. Martinez got. I really do believe that it comes down to two things. How hard does a player work? And number two, how effective is that major league team's player development? And the truth is mm. that... The Tigers have lacked in that area over a number of years. Now, about a year ago, when they brought in the current group that they have, Ryan Garco and a lot of new faces, they started to take a lot of these highly thought-of prospects, the Parker Meadows of the world, if you will, and they changed them from being someone who was lost, someone who could not figure it out. And all of a sudden, the light bulb just started coming on for not just medals, but for a number of minor players, prospects. We called it like the prospect resuscitation portal because there were so many guys that were totally down and out that the Tigers brought back to life last year. And now it gives you a little bit of a track record to say, okay, now there looks like there's an effective plan in place to develop these guys. I think if you take the, a minor league prospect off of a bad major league player development system, you put them on a good one like a Tampa Bay Rays, and they will produce. They will show results because that team's player development is effective. So I'm very, very encouraged by what they've done the past year and change, and I'm really excited to see where that goes. Oh, Dan Hasty, he could, I mean, this guy could sell me a popsicle right now in the middle of January. I'm, I'm all in, Dan. That's Find him on Twitter, that Dan Hasty. He's got to run. He's got a ball game to call. Dan, my friend, as always, I appreciate the time. Continued success to you, my friend. Thanks for always making time for us, man. We greatly appreciate you. Anything for you, Abby. You got it. What a guy. Uh, big thanks to Dan Hasty for joining us on the Roast Umber guest line. Was that, was that better, Brett? Was that a better delivery of the Spot Roast Umber on. guest line? Wow. That's, a, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Dan Hasty just selling it, and I'm buying. My goodness. I mean, how many times do you, can you just listen to somebody and go, okay, all right, yeah, that's a, that does raise a good point there. There's another good point. That's a good point. Sheesh. Boy, you love to... Uh, you love to hear it. If you're a Tigers fan, that, that is exactly, exactly what you want to hear. We are going to step aside. We'll be back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Bill Simonson with my good friend Greg Harris back inside the leadership locker room. Greg's new book is out called Sage Advice. Now, we've all had good decisions and bad decisions in our lives, Greg, and you address this in Sage Advice. Some of the stories are very fun and some of the stories are a little embarrassing, but I think I could probably admit and maybe other leaders too, when we get advice, what do we do with it? I could probably write a book on good decisions I made from advice I received. 
I could write a trilogy on mistakes I made not heeding that advice. So the sage advice is heed the advice and don't always step out on your own. Uh, you can read sage advice and get the book that was penned by Greg Harris at MaximizeLeadership.com or call toll-free 1-888-308-1600. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact a real difference and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank we're a partner here to support what matters most come grow with us visit MerkBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together mercantile bank member fdic equal opportunity employer Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. The 1-2. Right side. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino filling in for the huge one. Great to be with you no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening this afternoon all across the great state of Michigan and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for our flagship station, 96.1 The Game on the iHeartRadio app. Free to use, free to download. Yep, just go to the uh, just go to the App Store, Google Play, iHeartRadio is what you search for. And then once you download it, just search for 96.1 The Game, our home base, headquarters, flagship there in Grand Rapids. Find Brett on Twitter at the Brett Hayes H A Z E. You can find me on Twitter at A C Bellino. You text the keyword huge. That's H U G E to twenty one thousand. Huge to two one zero zero zero. Send us any of your thoughts on any of our topics uh, this afternoon. And of course, you can always hit us up on the Mercantile Bank listener line one eight six six eight three eight huge one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. All right, let's dive into what took place uh, last night. In the NBA playoffs, my goodness, two good games uh, last night. We've got two more good ones for you tonight. By the way, on the docket this evening at seven thirty, you get the Sixers and the Celtics. Game one for the TNT double dip. That series tied to two games apiece. Then shifting back over to Denver for the Nuggets hosting the Suns. Ten o'clock, 
on TNT. Now, Nikola Jokic was fined $25,000 for the kerfluffle that took place between he and the Phoenix Suns' new owner, Matt Ishbia. Here is what I don't understand about this. And Ishbia did the right thing. He took to Twitter after the incident, took to Twitter yesterday, saying, quote, great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or finding anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic, and I don't want to see anything like that. Excited for Game 5. Go Suns! But Jokic was fined Monday $25,000 for uh, what is described in one article as a slight push. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a forearm shiver because it definitely was not. But uh, the slight push, Ishbia flops, and then here we go. What I don't understand is this. The Phoenix player is going for the ball out of bounds and ends up on the ground. The ball ends up in the hands of a spectator. The spectator then corrals the ball with one arm and holds on to the ball. Jokic then runs out of bounds to try to grab the ball from the spectator, get it to the ref, and get the play moving. The sooner the ball gets to the ref, the quicker everybody has to get going. That's a very Jokic thing to do. What I don't understand is why is the spectator holding on to the basketball? That's what I don't get. And then Jokic got a T in the game, and then the next day got slapped with a $25,000 fine, which if I were him, I would absolutely be appealing. If I were to take a layup, right, a wide open take to the basket, I make the layup. The ball comes through the hoop, and I grab the ball and hold it, just like the spectator did in this scenario. I would be given a technical foul, or at least a delay of game warning. Why was that not issued to a fan? Because that's what that's what the person is at that point. I don't care. And Mike Malone said, "I don't know who that fan is." They're like, "We don't know." Who they're like, "No, the fan right there holding the ball." Jokic was asked the same thing. He said, "I don't care who that is. He's a, he's a fan, right? Look at where he's sitting. You're sitting in a courtside seat." Now, some people think because of one of my employers being a different school than what Matt Ishbia went to, that there's some sort of like grand rivalry, and that's why I I am going after this topic on Twitter. No. It's got nothing to do with it. I don't care if that's Jim Harbaugh, Juwan Howard, Ward Manuel, Kim Barnes, Orico, Hutch. It doesn't matter to me who that is. Could be President Santa Ono for all I care. If the ball bounces to you and you are a fan, meaning you are not a coach, You are not a player. If that ball would have bounced to a player on the bench and they would have held it, they more than likely would have given a delay of game warning to the bench. Why is Matt Ishbia holding the ball? And look, I'm a fan of Ishbia. I think he's got a great idea. Right? And one of his grand ideas here is to kind of redo and take the Suns broadcast back in time. And what do I mean by that? Not physically back in time. But being able to get Suns games on a larger audience, putting it in more homes by putting it on network television. So you'd be able to pick it up with your antenna, right? Regular TV. You'd be able to get a Suns game on regular TV. I think that this is something that when we look at the regional sports network and the difficulties that Diamond Sports Group, owners of Bally Sports, are having, this is something that we need to look at across the board. Because if I am 
Diamond Sports. What I want are all of my regional sports networks. I believe there's 16 of them that contain 41 major league properties between Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the National Hockey League. So you have 41 individual properties or 41 individual entities across your different regional sports network properties. Why are we pinching the consumer when what we need to be focusing on is how do we get our station on every possible streaming service? I'm talking Hulu has live sports. Get it on Hulu. If I have an LG smart TV, I should be able to go to the app. I do have an LG smart TV at my house. Brand new. I go on to that and I go to the LG app store. Valley Sports is nowhere to be found. Right? Because if I want to be able to find that, I have to either log in through my cable provider, which I can't do there because they don't have the app. So I have to go online to watch it if I want to watch Valley Sports in my living room. Like it's easier for me in my location right now in Florida to watch Valley Sports right on my phone or on my computer or my tablet. I could do all of that right there. Like Matt Ishbia has got a great idea. I love Matt Ishbia. I think he's brilliant. I think everybody else should be looking at that and going, wait a minute, how do we do the same thing? Make it cheaper for our consumers, but just get it get it in more homes. That's what we're looking to do. I love Matt Ishbia. But in the case of Ishbia versus Jokic, Matty, you got to give the ball up, my man. You're no longer wearing a Spartan uniform. You're not, Coach Izzo's not, not on the clipboard with you anymore. You're not on the bench. You got to give it up. The ball bounces to you, you grab it, you flip it to the nearest ref, and hey, everything continues on. You'll be just fine. Hour two of the Huge Show's next, Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino. Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Welcome back to the Huge Show here on this Tuesday afternoon. It is the 9th day of May 2023, hour number two. Officially underway, that's Brett Hayes. Find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes, H-A-Z-E. I am Anthony Bellino at A-C Bellino on the Twitterverse. Filling in for the big guy. Huge is on the move. I don't know where he's at. Uh, what'd you have? You had Jeff in the uh, studio yesterday, correct? Yeah. Yep. I think Bill's golfing. I'm assuming he is at least. Uh, Jeff Risden, one of my all-time favorites. Love having him as a guest in the fact that, you know, he's, he's going down to the 96 and won the game studios. Hosting the show, holding it down. Love Jeff. 
Yeah, does a great job. Uh, by the way, yeah, if you're not following Jeff Risden by now, what, what do you do with your life? He does a wonderful job now, and I'm moving a lot of his coverage into the NFL draft, uh, so he, he's an absolute must-follow for that. But if you are a Lions fan, uh, that man is in tune and in sync with what is happening uh, there in Ellen Park and at Ford Field, for sure. Text the keyword HUGE, H-U-G-E, to 21000. That's H-U-G-E to 21000. Or you can hit us up in the Mercantile Bank listener line, one 838 huge one 838 Eight three eight four eight four three. Now, uh, leading into this hour, off of what I was talking about last hour, uh, it's kind of two different topics. One, you know, Matt Ishbia got to give up the rock. But two, and I think what is most important uh, is going back to the controversy, or you know, that they, because Matt Ishbia said that he was going to uh, bail on Bally Sports, and that has caused a. Uh, quite a stir in factor. I believe there's a lawsuit pending now uh, as well uh, after this uh, attempted move. But my advice or my thought to it is, you know, for the Diamond Sports Group to take a look at what Matt HP is looking to do, and that is put your product in more homes. Right? You want to make your product as easily accessible and findable for the average person. I know that we're all obsessed with, you know, download this and stream that, and everything's got to be on the internet. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I like cable boxes. I do. And cable's costing an arm and a leg. Right? And you know that your consumer, they they are cutting the cord. So why not have a free-to-download app, and why not try to get your station as consumer-friendly as possible? That That is my biggest question. Right? Because if you want to watch an NBA playoff game, and you don't have cable, well, you can do so when the games are on ABC. But when they're on TNT, you're going to run into a problem. But at least the NBA has both. You look at college football, professional football, Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC, right? You can you can get it standard like that. That's that's got to be that's got to be the goal. And obviously, it's different for the regional sports networks because you know you're not going to be able to get you know uh, how do we how do we come up with some sort of partnership or some sort of agreement. You know, it's probably above my pay grade, but I think the the ideology here is what works for me. And that is Matt Ishbia going, hey, you know what? We might not get the consumer subscriber dollar right off the bat, but if we could take our product from six hundred to 700,000 homes and put it into 2.5 million homes, that, that is a win across the board. You look at us here doing, doing radio across the state of Michigan, right? We have more reach than anybody else here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's fantastic, right? We're in more cars we're on the app. We're everywhere, right? The reach, the exposure is what matters. And then how you, how you capitalize off of that. I mean, that's how, that's how your sales department, how you run uh, your business. But I mean, you know, just, you got to get it out to more people. And so for Matt Ishbia, like, I like that. People thought I was just coming after him because he's a Spartan and it had nothing to do with that. It's got nothing to do with if you went to Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan Tech, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. Said that that doesn't matter to me. You got the ball, give it up. Now, yesterday there were two games in action. The Miami Heat lead their series three games to one after a one hundred nine one hundred one victory over the New York Knicks and the L A Lakers one hundred four one hundred one over the Golden State Warriors. And what did I see on uh, on one website? Steph Curry's late turnover. Steph Curry's late turnover. That's what you're worried about. You're worried about the guy. Who went for 31, 10, and 14 with three steals and only two, two turnovers? A triple-double with two turnovers? The only reason that, that team is in the game at all? Come on. That's what you're worried about? 
We, what we need to do is highlight a guy who was 37th in the NBA in scoring this year at just over 20 points a game who has just gone ice cold here in the playoffs, and that's Jordan Poole. Like, my guy. Left after his sophomore year at Michigan. I love Jordan Poole. Uh, I very much, I love Duncan Robinson, too. But it ain't looking good for either one of them right now. Right? Duncan got that big contract, $90 million, I think. And he struggled all year. Was pulled out of the rotation, came in the first series, uh, gave some quality minutes. Tyler Hero's down with a broken hand, so he's been out. And, you know, Duncan slowly but surely coming along. Duncan Robinson, a terrible night shooting the basketball yesterday and in the game before, and at certain times, looks a little lost. Like, if you're barely getting any PT at all, the one thing you got to do is you got to defend. You have to. And poor Duncan only getting 11 minutes. The guy shot eight times in 11 minutes. And I know, that's what he's brought in to do. Like, you're brought in, you're, brought in, you're supposed to shoot. You can't turn down open shots, but you just don't have it. So you might need to find a better look or find a way to get to the ball, to the basket, to get to the free throw line. And try to get something working. But three points, two turnovers on one of eight shooting from Duncan Robinson, including one of seven from three. And then Jordan Poole plays 10 minutes, has no points, turned it over twice, 0 for 4 from the field. Just not, not, a, not a good look at all. At all. Now, and, they, and, and if you're the Golden State Warriors, you've got to figure out something here with Anthony Davis because this just... This just ain't working. He can't be going for 23 and 15. you got to make life a little bit more difficult. LeBron James, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Continuing to do it. You know, they're getting, they're getting you know, buckets from Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Rui Hachimura didn't even do anything in that game yesterday. They still found a way to win. D'Angelo Russell was ice cold. 1 for 10 from the field. And now that series is going to shift back to Golden State. For game five, you got yourself some problems here. That's a must-win game, obviously. But you put yourself in a hole because it was a team that wasn't very good all year long. They were dismal on the road, and it's come back to bite you in the playoffs. They were 11-30 and away from home during the regular season. 11-30. That's not going to cut it. The differential cannot be, and, and at this point, you're going to have to win a road game. you got to win the next one for sure. But, I mean, you know, and I saw on ESPN, they said, you know, should, should the LA Lakers rest their starters? What? What is the playoffs? You know, rest and starters, an elimination game? What are you, nuts? What are you people smoking over there? Should be illegal, whatever it is. My God. Two games tonight in Miami. Pardon me, that's tomorrow night. The games tonight are Philly and Boston. Series tied to two. Series ships back to Boston. Denver and Phoenix. Back to Denver. 10 o'clock, TNT, everyone, you know, all eyes on that one. Devin Booker's been playing at a historical clip in these playoffs. He has been simply sensational. Kevin Durant doing Kevin Durant things. Kevin Durant's probably the all-time greatest plug-and-play player in NBA history. It doesn't matter what era you put him in. It doesn't matter what team you put him on. You put him with Larry Bird Celtics, he would have fit right in because he can do just about anything and do just about everything. And he doesn't necessarily need the ball all the time. You know, these ball-dominant players, it's rough out there. If I'm Boston, I think Boston is the better team in this series. I think the fact that this is 2-2, even though they had a shot there to win that last game, they lose by 1-116-115 in overtime. James Harden had a really big night. 
had 42 points. When when he's on, that makes that a very, very difficult team to play. 42 from Harden. You got 34 and 13 from Embiid. Maxi gave you 14. Nobody else gave you really anything worthy of note throughout the rest of the team. That's a lethal three-man combination right there. Jason Tatum can't be one of six from three. But even Jason Tatum had 24, 18, and six, along with a steal and four blocks. That's a great, great playoff line right there from him. Couldn't get it done. Jalen Brown, 10 of 16 from the floor. Dude was money early on in that game. Finished with 23. You got 21 from Marcus Smart. Al Horford gave you five blocks. I mean, the team had 12 blocks in total. It's a heartbreaker to lose because you win that game on the road. You're going back to Boston, up 3-1, feeling great about eliminating. I'd feel great about it. And now you got now you got some question marks. That's what's taking place right now in the NBA for the playoffs. It is a wonderful time of year. Games on every night. The problem is, is that we are getting down to the nitty gritty. Right, we're in the final four of each conference. The next round will be the final four in total for the conference finals. The games will start dwindling, and then we'll get down to the finals. I just hope that you're enjoying uh, all all of the all of the great sports action. Whether you're uh, locked into the NBA or if you're on the hockey side of things. Stanley Cup playoffs, if that's got your attention. My Edmonton Oilers. By the way, I'm a Red Wings fan through and through. I'm a Pistons fan. But when my teams don't make the playoffs, I try to find at least one team to root for until they get eliminated and then hop on another team's bandwagon. That's what I like to do. My Edmonton Oilers losing 5-1 to one last night, going down in the series two games to one. That's a terrible game three. Terrible. At home, two in Edmonton. We'll see if they can bounce back tomorrow night. Tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's two games. ESPN has them both. First at 7 o'clock, the Hurricanes and the Devils. Carolina leads that series two games to one, and that'll be followed up at 9.30 by the Stars and the Kraken. Seattle, 2-1 series lead there at Climate Pledge Arena. Ooh, they win that one. Dallas, you're in trouble. All right, we're going to step aside. When we return, Scoop Jackson will join us on all things NBA playoffs. We'll talk to Scoop next here on The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore? Knives. Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18-hole 
Bowls at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. Breaking Benjamin. Live in concert in Grand Rapids. With special guests, Bush. And Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Tickets now. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back to the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brad Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. Join us now covering the association. His name is Scoop Jackson. Scoop, my man. How are you? How's life? How are things? How much are you enjoying the NBA playoffs to date? Uh, it's been um, it's been good. It's, it's been good. It's been entertaining. Uh, last night's game. Um, it wasn't the. I mean, it got dramatic. But it was a horrible game. If we really talk about. Um, the, the Lakers and the uh, Warriors game, just from a basketball perspective. It was exciting, but from a, if you're strictly looking at basketball and execution, it was just a bad game to watch. I was telling my son and my nephew, I'm like, this is the second worst game through three quarters I've seen in my life. <laughs> and I didn't want to bring up the uh, – the Bulls and the Knicks had a game, I think one time on Christmas, that – my uh, my godbrother, it was so horrible. My godbrother threw something and broke the TV. <laughs> and at that point, it's so bad. It's like you know what? We weren't trying to watch the rest of that anyway. So what, what, what's the what, why even? I'm not even worried about it. My my question for the for the Lakers and Warriors because this is a couple games in a row where things have been a little choppy, right? We had all the uh, the text to the Green Brothers, no relation uh, in, what was that, game three and then game four. Just, uh, just a very, like a strange pace. It, it's kind of like in boxing, right? They say styles make fights. Is it because right. stylistically these two, these two teams are so different that things just aren't working out, that it does make it kind of a tough watch between LeBron's Lakers and Steph Curry's Warriors? Maybe I never look at it that way, but that might be it because neither team is playing the same way they did in the first round of the playoffs against Sacramento or against Memphis. There seems to be no fluidity in this series. 
you know, you might get a good performance here and there. You might get a stretch like Lonnie Walker the fourth did last night. You know, um, but this is everything seems to be stagnant and nothing. You get spurts of movement, but nothing seems to like stay consistent over the course of four quarters throughout the game. And I don't. It may be the styles, but what bothers me the most is that we're looking at a Lakers offense and we know what it has the capability of doing. We already know historically what Golden State's offense has, you know, in his, in, in his background of what he can actually do. And we see neither one of them doing that effectively. But it doesn't seem to be the defense that the other is applying that's making that not happen. It seems like both teams' offenses are just not fluid for whatever reason. And it doesn't seem like it's great defensive performances or great schemes playing out defensively that are causing them to look so inefficient offensively. So you can't put your thumb on it. And it's just, you know, as, as dramatic as it can be outside of two blowouts, you know, uh, games two and game three. But, you know, there is drama within the game. But if you take the drama away just from a basketball perspective, it's hard to figure out why this is not good basketball. It's almost like the two offenses can't get out of their own way. The hell with the exactly. defense. What that's are, exactly what it is, right? But why? Exactly. That's like what? Why? No one, no one can figure it out in the two teams. I mean, it's not exactly like they're shooting the basketball prolifically. I mean, you look at Game Four. Golden State shoots twenty nine point three percent from three, only to be matched by L A. Like, yeah, I see your twenty nine percent, and I raise you twenty four percent. Like, neither team is shooting the basketball well. And I want to go to a guy that I spent a lot of time watching. You know, at the University of Michigan in Jordan Poole, along with another Michigan Wolverine, Duncan Robinson. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but Jordan Poole, in 10 minutes last night, 0 for 4 from the floor, no points, couple of turnovers, did have a couple assists and a few rebounds, but nothing out of, like, it, it just, I don't know what it is with Jordan Poole, who, a guy who was 37th in the league in scoring throughout the regular season, so it's not as if, like, you know, the, the incident that took place where he got, you know, socked in the face by Draymond Green, it's not like that ruined his whole season. The guy averaged 20 points and 3 rebounds and four assists a game throughout the course of the regular season and shot 43%, but the lights get the brightest in the playoffs, and that's kind of where he made his money last year. And you look at him this year, and, and Jordan Poole, like, what is going on with him? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, Stephen A. made a good point. We made it last night. It's, you know, there, there's something about, you know, playing for the for, for a contract and not playing for the contract once you be paid. And I'm not going to say that once he got paid, he settled down, because he did, you know, he had a decent season. It wasn't as impactful. The numbers could be there, but it still wasn't as, pack, as impactful as it was last year. And for some reason, I don't know why, you know, and I, I have to be around to actually find out or speak to people inside of the Gold State locker room, but it seems as if, and it's somewhere between the two, he's either, like, checked out because it's not just a shot making this not there. He doesn't seem engaged at all. And he doesn't seem um, to be consistently trying to make things work in his favor. He doesn't seem locked in at any point. Like, even just a remember a couple of games ago, he was diving for the loose ball, and he, like, he couldn't even gather up a loose ball. He's not making any commitment to defense. His decision-making is bad. And I would attribute that to confidence, but I don't know where his confidence disappeared. And playing for the Golden State Warriors and being as valuable as he is, I, I think the team will be able to rally around and pick him up to give him his confidence back. But for some reason, that's not working. And now you have the coaching staff 
that can't even keep him in the game. And you know it's bad when Moody's getting more playing time than he is. That's when, when Steve Kerr and crew can't put him in and rotate, you know, the, the roster, the five men on the floor, and Moody gets more minutes than he does, something's wrong because now it's, his confidence is gone and now they've lost trust in him. And I don't know exactly when that happened, but and I don't think it's going to come back. I think it's easy for us to say, okay, you know, he got he got his money, he got his contract. You know, we've seen that happen with athletes a lot of times, and they become different people. The desire, the hunger, the effort, a lot of that just disappears. It doesn't have to disappear all the way. It can just be a small percentage of it, but that small percentage, especially in the playoffs, affects everything because everything's so heightened. I don't want to say that that's what's happening with Jordan Poole, but I'm not going to rule that out either. But I do think there's something psychologically going on with him where he has lost his confidence. And it could have happened after that bad shot in game one. And it never has been the same. It's not like he had a great game one, but he had an impactful game one. But he is, since then, it's been gone. And he's, it's, it's, what is it? We talk about like golfers get the yips or talking about like, you know, cats who don't shoot great free throws and how they psychologically can't hit free throws now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, something's going on with Jordan Poole. I think right now at this point becomes psychological. And they need him so desperately because, you know, Clay is not playing as consistent or as big as he usually plays on an everyday basis. Draymond's not playing, you know, the way they need him to play. Nobody's really playing the way they need everybody to play and level up the way they usually do in the playoff situation or just like they did in the prior series. Nobody's leveling up. And without Jordan Poole, you know, loving you up at all, nobody's there to pick him up. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're not, I think Golden State is looking at him like, man, his, his confidence is gone. He's shook right now. And usually as a team, you know, we're champions. We build ourselves up. But Clay is trying to build himself up. Andrew Wiggins is trying to build himself up. Draymond's trying to build himself up. Looney, who played great in the first series and now is going through whatever, he's trying to build himself up. You know, Jermichael Green, everybody's trying to build themselves up, so nobody's there to build Jordan Poole up. And there's only so much Steph can do. <laughs> you know, you can't do it on the court and still in shoot-arounds and practice and meetings and dinner, you know, in the lab. He can't build Jordan Poole back up by himself because he's, he's got to keep everything afloat by himself at this point. Yeah, and, and a lot of times, you know, you look at people that lose their confidence, and sometimes, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you used the phrase locked in. And Jordan Poole just looks almost kind of lost, like he's lost within himself, and he's kind of get that that blank stare, deer in the headlights, oh my god, kind of moment. And we we don't we don't want we don't want to see that because they are depending on him, and I, uh, as an anti Laker, am depending on Jordan Poole. Now down three one here, scoop. That's what's happening. Let's shift gears now to the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. I mean, you mentioned Stephen A. Stephen A.'s got to be ripping his hair out because he knows the Knicks. They don't they don't have enough. They got a, a nice a nice roster. I think. Jalen Brunson, I mean, look at the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they got to be kicking themselves. Mark Cuban botched that thing not once but twice. Uh, you know, they, that should have been their point guard, and they could have been carrying on. Instead, they went with Kyrie, and they fell off a cliff, but that's neither here nor there. The Miami Heat had to, you know, they paid Duncan Robinson $90 million, 
and then he loses his spot in the rotation. He's not seeing any time at all. Tyler Hero breaks his hand, so now Duncan's getting a little bit more PT, and this was a guy who built himself up, got that contract because he was a spot-up, knockdown shooter. That's what he did at Michigan. He it carried it right over to the Miami Heat. He goes one for eight last night. That's not even the beginning of his problems. Like, uh, Talk about somebody else that just, I don't know what's going on. Talk about the yips for two Michigan guys. Right. That's what I'm saying. But it's kind of like the same thing. But once again, what? not only have they both kind of lost their confidence and lost their way and lost, you know, within the system, but both of them got the bag, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. And once they got the bag, what happened? It fell off a cliff. <laughs> right, right. Something shifted. They, they, there seems to be some comfortability once they got that bag. And that happens with a lot of people, especially in professional sports. And it just plays out that way because uh, we get to watch it publicly. Um, and so sometimes that's what separates the good ones from the great ones. You know, the great ones get get that contract, get that guarantee, you know, that, that generational money that it has been for their family, but they, they know that there's still something out there to get. They still know there's something out there to prove. And, you know, they continue to go prove it. You know, um, Michael Jordan was famous for not getting paid. And I'm pretty sure he'll be the first to tell you that's what kept him driven. You know, I'm not saying that if he had gotten, you know, one of these, you know, max contracts, because he didn't get it until his last couple of years with the Bulls, but other than that, that he wouldn't have been the same. You know, we've seen LeBron fight through that situation and take lesser. I mean, has, has LeBron really ever had a max contract? He's always taking less money to build around him and stuff like that. So maybe that's psychologically keeps him different because there's something more to go get. Um, but in the case of Duncan Robinson, we apply the same thing to Jordan Poole. I, we can't say that's the only problem, but we can't be naive enough to look at the way these two scenarios have played themselves out and act like that cannot be part of the reason. It can be part of the reason. But on the Knicks side, Duncan Robinson is not that big a problem. You know, I, I agree with you. It would have been nice for, you know, uh, uh, I, well, I'll put it through. I, I disagree with you. I think it was bad for Mark Cuban and them not to resign him. But I do, I don't think we would have gotten the same player if he would have resigned in Dallas that we got for the Knicks because they basically handed him the keys to the franchise. Even though, you know, uh, uh, Julius Randle's there, even though Barrett's there, he came into this organization to New York and playing with his father on the squad, you know, as, as a part of the member of the organization. They handed him the keys and like, you don't have to be the best player, but this is still all about you. You know that wasn't going to happen in Dallas. He would still go split time to point guard between he and Luca handling the ball. So I don't think we would have gotten the same player, and, you know, that, that's a whole other conversation. But for the Knicks, they have to know going into this series that it's, it's, it's not that they're not that good. I think it's, I, I, they have to match the desire and the dog that's inside Jimmy Butler. Now, who's going to be that dog to match that? Mm. Who's going to love, and that's kind of Jalen Brunson's responsibility, even though he's new there. But we know historically, Jimmy Butler can, and we just watched it happen the last year, he can win a series by himself. But we know also that dog in him elevates the players around him. He, you know, he's the one, just as we just got to talk about the Golden State Warriors don't have anyone to level up Jordan Poole outside of the funk that he's in. You, when, 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 um, what you call him went down? When Hero went down, who do you think got in Duncan Robinson's, you know, hey, all right, let's go. You know, who do you think leveled him up like it's your turn now? 
I know you're comfortable. I know you got this. I know you didn't have a good season, this, that, and the other. We ain't worried about that right now. Let's go. See, it's that leveling up that Jimmy Butler was the one. All right, let's go. You know, if Jimmy, look, if Jordan Poole was on the Miami Heat, we wouldn't have seen these last three games. He was not the way to level up. You know, you see the way Kyle Lowry's playing. He wasn't playing this way last year. Jimmy Butler, just, Jimmy Butler has the power to get him to, to take his dog and put it into other people. And the Knicks did not come into the series trying to match that dog. And you have to know that going in because, especially after watching what Miami did in the series before, you have to do that. And once they didn't do that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wrap. But the one thing I will say, I won't be long with it. One thing I think we need to talk about, not really talk about, but acknowledge that if the Knicks don't get out of this series, I think the conversation about Tom Thibodeau remaining there is going to start immediately. And and I'm not saying they're going to get rid of him as fast as the Bucks got rid of Coach Bud, but at this point, I think it's going to be like, okay, we've seen through Tim's history that there's only so far he's going to be able to take a team. You know, he can get teams to rise a bit, but there's a, there's a ceiling. There was a ceiling with the Chicago Bulls. Yes, he was able to get Minnesota, at least to get to the playoffs after they hadn't been there for, what, 15 years or something like that. He got them there, but they couldn't get out the first round. He leveled up the Knicks, but he only got them to the second round. You know what I'm saying? It's going to look like, all right, what's the problem here? We can track back his history. He didn't get a ring with the Boston Celtics, but as Dr. Sisson. But as an individual coach, as much as we like him, that is a great point Thibodeau seat's gonna get hot they throw on the seat eater his name is Scoop Jackson Scoop my friend thank you so much for taking the time to join us talk a little association of the playoffs my man I greatly appreciate the time today partner there goes uh, Scoop Jackson and um, Brett. Phone got a phone got a little funny there at the end. It's got a little a, funny. Yeah, I know. I, I I heard it. I was like, that's what he was talking about. It didn't happen with Dan. And I was like, okay, all right. It's totally right. sporadic too. That's okay. You, you can't control everything. But I, I think Scoop brings up a really good point there about Tom Thibodeau, and, and, and that's what's going to happen. The New York Knicks are gonna they're gonna part ways. They're gonna be looking for a head coach. Pistons are still looking for a head coach. <sighs> Man, I, I I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the Pistons. I mean, with Budenholzer now done in Milwaukee, you have four of the last five head coaches that have won an NBA championship have been let go from that team. Four of the last five NBA championship head coaches have been let go. So the only one remaining with the, with a championship team would be Steve Kerr. And how much of this is on the coach, like his responsibility? How much is it on on that roster that's constructed? That's where, when I look at the Pistons coaching search, I, I start to get a real, real concern. Because do you want to take a guy like the NBA retreads coaches more than any other professional sports league? I mean, it, it is wild how quickly they will turn a head coach at one organization, goes right to the next organization. You'll see the same trends. You'll see the same things happen. And as Scoop pointed out, Thibodeau can only get them so far. I got to imagine the Miami Heat are going to close this out because Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite players to watch because Jimmy Butler plays basketball. That's what he wants to do. He wants to play basketball. He doesn't care about your feelings. He's going to go out there and every game that he, especially in the playoffs, he's going to be giving it 110%. Right? They weren't one of the better seeds. 
Uh, it's a great story there in Miami, doing it without one of their guys in Tyler Hero with the broken hand. Like they, they, you know, New York Knicks, okay, then, then await the winner of this Boston 76er series. With Tom Thibodeau on the, on the way out. And who is going to be there to lift up Jordan Poole tomorrow night at 10 o'clock on TNT with their backs against the wall? I don't know, but it'd be a really good time to have a really good game. I can tell you that much. We'll step aside. We'll be back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports and the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long, right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Got any plans for Mental Health Action Day? You do now. Join us online on Thursday, May 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. for In Tune, a free live stream event featuring performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to find out how you can log in and join the celebration for free. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day. Take action. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org and join the celebration. Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino joining you this afternoon here on this Tuesday. Great to be with you, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening. Hit us up anytime on the Mercantile Bank listener line. 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Or text the keyword HUGE 
It's a huge to 21,000. It's huge to 21,000. You got any activity over there, Brett? Uh, no, not really. I haven't looked, actually. Oh. I haven't looked. Wow. I should do that, though, right? Man, all their, all their text messages are sitting there. Uh, UEFA Champions League soccer happening right now. You probably don't hear too much of this from Bill, so I figured I'd sprinkle it in there. Real Madrid taking on Manchester City, and it is uh, 1-1 in the 79th minute right now, if you are interested uh, at all in what might be taking place. A big uh, you know, uh, congratulations, by the way, to Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey, to both of those young men. They were named All-Rookies, second team uh, for both. But, hey, All-Rookie is All-Rookie. It's a great accomplishment. It's great to be acknowledged with the amount of uh, the young fellows that, that hit, the, hit the draft and then come in via undrafted. They make All-Rookies, second team. So good for both of them. I think the future is bright. Now, uh, yesterday, no lottery luck for the Detroit Red Wings. We'll talk more about this uh, coming with Ryan Hanna in hour number three for the Wing Wheeled Podcast. Does a great job. If you don't, if you don't follow him, you need to immediately. Ryan Hanna, H A N A, W W P. That's his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, you have Jaden Ivy and Jalen Dern, who were the first round selections for the Pistons last year. And the reason I bring up the Red Wings in conversation here is because the Red Wings were slotted to pick ninth. That's where they ended up at. We just don't get any lottery luck. Where a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, goodbye Patrick Kane, goodbye Jonathan Taves. Hello, Connor Bedard, the consensus 1-1. It's like two pivotal franchise pillar pieces for the Blackhawks. Move on. And then Chicago just falls into what might be one of the more talented players of his generation. Notice I do not say generational talent. That is a word that is vastly overused because a generational talent is somebody like Michael Jordan. Somebody like LeBron James. Like the best players of their generation. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback. He is pro- he's going to be the best of his generation because I think that he is the generation behind Tom Brady who would be the best of his generation. You get what I'm going. So when you look at the, the, the Red Wings, their ping-pong ball falls. Just no luck to move up, but it, it falls right where it's supposed to. For the Detroit Pistons, it is all about the seven foot four French phenom Victor Wembanyama. And I know, Pistons fans, I know what you're thinking. How many more Frenchmen do we need? Do you remember Sekou Dumbuya? Or as my buddy Al Russo would call him, Sekou Dumbuya. Because he wasn't any good. He's out of the league. And then I wanted a guy by the name of Tyrese Halliburton. Iowa State. We didn't get him either. We passed on him. He fell to 12th. 12th. You know who we selected? Killian Hayes. I live with that decision, and I'm okay with that decision. Because Killian Hayes, behind Cade Cunningham, is a very nice backup point guard who can give you 15 to 20 minutes. He's going to give you exceptional defense, and you're not going to need him to score a whole lot. But the lottery luck that the, that the Red Wings couldn't have last night, we must sacrifice that. For the lottery luck that the Pistons will have in getting the number one selection, another Frenchman, the seven foot four, Victor Wenbenyama. Now, ESPN did a big feature piece over the weekend on him. If you didn't see it, and you're a Pistons fan, if you're a Pistons fan, you know, I'm sure you know who Victor Wenbenyama is by now. 
if you are a casual fan, kind of on the fringe, like you're waiting for him to get good before you invest any time, I highly recommend looking this young man up because uh, he is, he is, I don't know if we've seen anything like it. Like the closest thing we have to him is if you combine Giannis with KD, right? And notice like these players just continually getting bigger and bigger. This guy's seven foot four. He's a freak. Now, two selections that the Pistons had last year from Troy Weaver. And if you remember back to Sadiq Bay and Beef Stew, they both made all rookie selections. That was very nice. Beef Stew still with the team. Sadiq Bay was traded. We know the story there. But Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, and this happened in Las Vegas. It was the opening possession of their first ever summer league game. They ran a pick and roll. Ivey threw it up. Duran threw it down. Alley-oop. And I said, oh, my God, this is the future. Because I like Cade Cunningham as a point guard, but he doesn't have that knock-your-socks-off athleticism to where it's like, this guy's jumping out of the gym, he's doing this, that, and the third. Oh, my God, look at him go. Guy could fly. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the same bounce and oomph that Jaden Ivey does. Oomph is a word, by the way. But Cade Cunningham also gets basically to any of his spots at his own pace. He's going to be a very nice point guard for this team as a facilitator, as a guy that could shoot it, he, according to the reports, James Edwards wrote a big article about him in The Athletic about how you know intertwined he's been with the organization since going down with injury. He's very involved in film. He goes, he travels with the team. I love that. I want him involved. I think he knows what is expected of him and his responsibility as a first overall selection. Jaden Ivey, who's just 21 years old, averaging 16 points, four boards, and five assists in 74 games. He started 73 of them. He shot 34.3% from the three-point range. Duran, who at 19 was the youngest player in the league last year, averaged nine points, nine rebounds in 67 games. He started 31. The reason Duran didn't play more is he had a couple of lingering injuries, but nothing to be overly concerned about. And they didn't play him more because they were trying to figure out exactly what they want to do with James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley. Because Jalen Duran is the future. He is the truth. That's what we're here for. Like he is he is the 7 foot center that can do anything that you ask of him. And he doesn't need the basketball. He's going to go in there, he's going to rebound. He's strong as an ox. Paul George was talking about him on a podcast recently. He said that, you know, he was trying to you know, trying to block him out and he's like, "I just had no way to move this guy." Like this guy's like, Jalen Duran is the real deal. I'm over the moon with that selection at 6'11, 7 feet tall. Like he is, he's exactly what this team needs. They got to get Wemby, right? So, congratulations to Jalen Duran and Jay Nivey, second team, all rookie. That's very nice. It's a good accomplishment. Don't be satisfied with it at all, but you could definitely be proud of the fact that the rest of the league, the writers that they're acknowledging, your contributions to a team that struggled mightily with a bunch of young fellas trying to run the show. We'll step aside. When we return, we're going to talk about the Red Wings. No lottery luck. What do they need to do this offseason? What is the biggest pressing issue? Plus, who are we watching in the Stanley Cup playoffs without our own team in there? We'll talk about that here in Hour 3. Next, huge show, Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge. 
is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Welcome back here to the Huge Show. It is our number three, broadcasting live all across the great state of Michigan and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 961 The Game for our flagship home. That's where Brett Hayes is located, our 961 The Game Studios. Why is it so difficult for me to say, Brett? 961 The Game Studios. That's what I'm trying to say. Find Brett on Twitter at the Brett Hayes, H A Z E. You can find me, Anthony Bellino, filling in for the huge one today, Bill Simonson at AEC Bellino. Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. Or you can text the keyword HUGE, send that to 21000. That's HUGE, H-U-G-E to 21000 if you want to get involved in the program today. Big thanks to uh, Scoop Jackson for joining us on the NBA. Dan Hasty in hour number one on the Detroit Tigers. And we are looking hour number three here. We'll talk to Brian Hand of the Wing Wheel Podcast about the lack of luck for the Detroit Red Wings in the lottery last night. They end up right where they were supposed to be. Just one of the just one of those things. What are you going to do? But I mean, they were they had the best odds of being ninth, and that's where they uh, that's where they find themselves. So you can't you can't be too unhappy about that. I do I do understand where people get upset when you know. You look at our our past lottery history and how the ping pong balls have fallen. I know why the leagues do it because they don't want to see teams openly tanking. But for you know, you know, for me, I don't know if there's a perfect way to do it. I don't know if there's a good system. I'm not really sure. Uh, by the way, congratulations, former Michigan State Spartan and current Memphis Grizzlies forward Jaron Jackson Jr. He was already named the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year last month. He's headlining the NBA's All-Defensive First Team, which was unveiled uh, this afternoon. He's joined the first team by Milwaukee Bucks center Brooke Lopez, Cleveland Cavs power forward Evan Mobley, along with Bucks guard Drew Holiday and Bulls guard Alex Caruso. Jackson's teammate Dylan Brooks was one of five players named to the league's All-Defensive Second Team. He was joined by Toronto Raptors forward OG Ananobi, Draymond Green of the Warriors, Bam Adebayo of the Heat, and Derek White of the Boston Celtics. So 96 first-team votes for Jaron Jackson Jr., and congratulations to him, the leading vote-getter at 195. So a very nice move there for the Michigan State Spartan. We'll take it. Very busy sports day for us, uh, for all of you, depending on uh, what sport you want to follow. 6-10 first pitch today uh, between the... Cleveland Guardians and Detroit Tigers, so just uh, just over a little bit over an hour away 
Michael Lorenzen will take the hill. He's got a 101 record and a 514 ERA and 21 innings pitched. His whip is at 138. He's got 22 hits, 16 strikeouts, 7 walks, and has surrendered 3 home runs. He'll be taking on Shane Bieber, highly touted righty. With a 2.96 ERA and a 2 and 1 record so far, his WHIP um, vastly, vastly better, 1.07. He's got way more innings this year, though, at 45 and two thirds. That's pretty solid. Only four home runs, 12 walks, 30 strikeouts for Shane Bieber. Can the Tigers get a little Bieber fever tonight? That'll be the question. They got a 1-0 series lead. In the current series, which is good, and you'll take a look at the regular season. Thus far, the Tigers up three games to one against their AL Central rivals, Cleveland, in the mistake by the lake. By the way, Guardians 16 and 19 overall. Tigers 16 and 18, 7 and 3 in their last 10. One of the hottest teams in all of baseball. Only three teams have a better record over their last 10 games the Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston Red Sox, and the LA Dodgers. By the way, speaking of the Dodgers, I saw a report here. Earlier today, the Shohei Otani is looking at $500 million plus, And they are expecting the Padres and the Mets to run up the price. But word is he'll just be driving across the street and joining the L.A. Dodgers. Can you imagine that? I wonder what the Dodgers payroll would be with Shohei Otani on it right now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, but, hey, look, Shohei is the king of a guy who puts together a otherworldly stat line, breaks some historical record that's never been done in the common era or hasn't been done since 1842. And here comes Shohei Otani. The last player to do this was some guy named Whitey Willoughby. And the Angels will lose 5-2. Like, that's just that, that's what his career has been in Los Angeles. And it is a shame that the Angels have had not one, but two players. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, you can even throw in Albert Pujols, who was hanging out there for a while, and they have just done nothing. Nothing with all that talent. An absolute shame. Speaking of a team that's doing nothing, by the way, the Oakland Athletics. What an embarrassment to the game of baseball. Have you guys seen their crowds? And I know, look, I know Tigers crowds have been bad, but the weather has been bad. The weather's been bad. The team wasn't very good early on in some of their home series. I would expect more and more people are going to jump on this Tigers bandwagon and they're going to they're going to ride this train right now because what the Tigers are, are they're watchable. They're I mean it's I wouldn't necessarily say they're over the top entertaining. But look, I mean they were going into a game against Toronto on April 13th. Right, And they had lost three straight to the Rays. They won two out of three against Houston. right? And then they got swept by the Bo Sox three games. And you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this team is 2-7 and seven going into this series against Toronto. Now they're 2-9. and nine. Javi got benched, and they've turned some things around. They did have another four-game slide in there between that one game in Cleveland and then you know, going to see Baltimore again. But if they didn't have to play Baltimore, if they didn't have to play the AL East, this team would be lights out. Lights out. They are somewhat entertaining. I think that they are exceeding expectations. And I think we are going to see much more of a committed attendance number 
than what we've seen earlier on in the season. You know, I think the days of 10, 11, 12,000 fans showing up to Comerica Park, I think that number is going to be a little bit better. I mean, the hell, the park's seats 44,650 at capacity. So I'm not saying that they're going to put 30,000 plus, but I do think we'll start to see some attendance numbers climb over 20K. Because I think that A.J. Hinch, for as much slander as he took early in this year, he's doing the best that he can with what he's got, which isn't a whole lot. And they're going to need some guys to, you know, they're going to need some guys to perform a little bit. But all in all, they've been pretty good. You know, you look at the box score from last night. McKinstry was two for four. Drew a walk. Run scored with an RBI. Riley Green, two for four. Drew a walk. Two RBI. Javi was one for five. Did have an RBI. Only one strikeout for Javi. That's a good That's a good number. Maton was one for four with an RBI. Drew a walk. Had a strikeout. Torkelson was one for four. Drew a walk. Had a strikeout. Akil Badu, I mean, God bless him. 0 for four. One walk, one strikeout. Miggy was one for four with a couple of Ks. Andy Banez, two for three. Three runs scored. One RBI. Hit the home run. Drew a walk. That was a really nice day from him. And Eric Haas, who was three for four with a couple of runs scored. The big number for me, you got to keep that team strikeout number low. It's got to be seven or lower. They only struck out seven times as a team, and they drew six walks, which is a pretty high number for a team that has really lacked some plate discipline over the last couple of years. I feel bad about watching Miguel Cabrera. You know, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's like, it's like watching your dog who's, you know, 10, 12, 14 years old, and it's got the hip issue. It can't sit down. It's hobbling around. Like, that's, it's the same, same process. We all know the outcome. We all know the ending. But it's, you know, you want to see him out there. You want to see him do something good. But all, all in all, a team that's 5 for 14 with runners in scoring position, that number looks good. They had a good day yesterday. You just, got to, you just got to stack days. That's all you can do. Stack good, positive days. And I think with the way that they are playing right now, competitively, exceeding expectations. I mean, I was one of those people that said, hey, this team's probably going to lose 100 games this year. So, you know, buckle up. And there were, there were callers in you know, them. I host the mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network. We had the phone lines light up. They're not going to lose 100. What are you talking about? Have some faith. I said, I don't have any faith. I had a lot of faith last year. What happened? The wheels fell off the bus. We were terrible. And sit through a season like that. Ugh. So this year, you know, no mice. All right. Scooble, Turnbull, Manny. Like, where, where is everybody? You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, Eduardo Rodriguez is putting together a really, really nice season to this point. The ace of the staff. The team as a whole is playing well. They're entertaining. And they're, they're competing. And that's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. And the fact that the AL Central is so bad this year, I mean, top to bottom, they are just awful. One team over 500. The Kansas City Royals have 10 wins. The Chicago White Sox, I mean, you can't blame Tony La Russa. He's not there. The Chicago White Sox have a 333 winning percentage. They're 12 and 24. You remember the conversation going into last year? White Sox, the favorite. Oh, the White Sox, the White Sox. <laughs> What the hell happened to them? And you have the Guardians under 500, the Tigers, two games under 500, and everybody chasing the Twins. Twins barely over 500. 
at 19 and 16. Like that's a that's a division that's very much in reach. It's not like the AL West where the Mariners are have, have been okay. The Angels are good, but even the Angels at 20 and 16 trail the Texas Rangers by a couple of games. who are playing good ball. The Atlanta Braves look like they're going to be able to run away with the NL East. The Mets spent all that money. They got not a whole lot to, you know, if if you look at the Mets payroll and the Tigers payroll, you got to giggle to yourself. You do. The Tigers are half game behind the Mets right now. That's it. The Mets spend $84 billion. The Tigers spend 13 cents. We're, we're more worried about building parking lots around the, around the buildings. You know, it's a division that's ripe for the taking. You just got to stay competitive in this first half of the season. And then whatever happens at the deadline, if there's interest for Eduardo and you got to make the move to build for the future, then I understand it. But if you decide that, hey, at this point right now, we're within striking distance, we've kept it close, we're within a couple games, you know, who knows what can happen at the trade deadline. Stranger things have happened. So buckle up. That game less than an hour away from the first pitch, Tigers and Guardians tonight at 6-10 at uh, Progressive Field, a.k.a. the Jake. They're at the mistake by the lake. All right, we're going to step aside. Ryan Hanna joins us next, talking a little Detroit Red Wings and their lack of lottery luck next here on The Huge Show. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. How do you look at the Major League Baseball standings? Do you like the parity, or is it troubling that the week started with 13 teams over 500, including all five teams in the American League East and only one team from the American League Central and National League Central. This can benefit teams like the Tigers and others who would be satisfied with playing meaningful games in September. Detroit has had a few good series in a row and will need to continue that trend knowing Seattle, a surprise underachiever so far, and Pittsburgh, a stunning overachiever until now, are both coming to town after the road trip. There is more parity through the first month or so in baseball now than in past seasons. That can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on your team and your expectations. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. For a lot of us, music and mental health are intertwined. That's why the Collaborative Lab created Intune, a free live stream event, and you're invited. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day, so take action for your own mental health by joining us from 7 to 9 p.m. Musical performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to learn how you can join the party for free. Breaking Benjamin. Live in concert in Grand Rapids. 
special guests, Bush, and Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For more, visit BreakingBenjamin.com. Get tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Wishing a very happy birthday to a... Loyal listener of the huge show and of X's and Bros in the morning, the Michigan Sports Network lets us know and contacts us all the time, and you know, just a uh, just a just a, a great individual, longtime listener, our good buddy Steve Eiserman, huh? Of the Detroit Red Wings. Holy jumping. My goodness. All right. Well, uh, you know, speaking of hockey and uh, and the NHL, the lottery was last week. Yep. NHL lottery was last week. Last night, I should say, not last last week. Uh was last night. And as we as we look to what the lottery means, the lottery is a way to hopefully prevent teams from from tanking. That's what the lottery is supposed to do. So by giving teams a percentage of odds in order to get the first overall pick in the draft to potentially move up, whatever the case may be, the lottery is there so that teams don't openly lose games and hurt the overall integrity of the game like the Philadelphia 76ers did throughout their quote process era in which they just you know attempted to lose every game that they could. They were winning 8, 10 games a season. It makes sense. The problem is, is that teams like the Blackhawks move up in the lottery, and teams like the Red Wings have no lottery luck. In fact, even when we were the worst team by far, we moved backwards in the draft. We just could never move up. We can't get the number one pick. Last night was no different. My conversation with Ryan Hanna for the Wing Wheel Podcast. Join us now covering the Detroit Red Wings for the Wings uh, Winged Wheel Pod. Our good buddy, Ryan Hanna. Find him on Twitter at Ryan Hanna, WWP. Ryan my friend, good morning to you. Uh, somber times. How are you? How's life? How are things, my friend? <laughs> well, you know, I was prepared emotionally for uh, for ninth yesterday, but maybe not for Chicago winning. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a somber morning, but I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you, even though it's under the circumstance right here that the, uh, the lottery uh, ping pong ball is just not very nice to the Detroit Red Wings at all. And the Red Wings, who have had the most losses in the NHL over the last seven seasons, and here are the lottery picks to show for it. Nine six six four six eight nine. This really, truly is. I mean, this is the story. I mean, it would be nice to give like Steve Eiserman. Hey, here's a here's a one one. Here's a Connor Bedard. What do they do now? Yeah, that would have been nice. It would have solved everything if the the ping pong balls would have broken their way. But like you said, it just doesn't happen. Not for the Red Wings. Maybe this is uh, uh, just the the Red Wings holding off on the lottery luck so the Pistons can have Wembenyama. But uh, we'll see about that in a little while, I guess. Uh, the reality is Detroit had a one in twenty shot of landing Connor Bedard and a one in twenty shot of landing Adam Fantilli. So it was nice to dream. But ninth overall this year is 
is okay. You can work with it. There's some really good prospects there. Not only that, uh, Eisenman has some uh, toys to play with in terms of draft capital. He has a second first-round pick, which is looking to be maybe 17th overall, three second-round picks, potentially two firsts next year. Like You, you can work with it. So you just kind of have to pinch your nose because uh, the uh, the Hawks are getting Bedard, and that blows objectively. Um all in all, though, there should be a step taken this offseason, though. Well, you know, when we look at the offseason, what exactly, like, what, what what's on the priority list for you, Ryan, when you take a look at this team that had a lot of promise early on and maybe surprised some folks early on, even though they didn't have their full complement uh, of, of the roster, their full artillery uh, wasn't even in service yet. And then we go back to that fateful two-game uh, two game, you know, road trip there to Ottawa where it was like sell everybody off, the, the things have spiraled, the wheels are officially off the bus. What is on your list of priorities of areas that need to be addressed this offseason? Well, the, the first one is probably the least fun one to talk about and uh, not exactly the most um, uh, newsworthy item, but it has to be growth from within. This is something that Steve Eisenman and Derek Malone both talked about in their, their postseason pressers, um, and it's the most realistic form of improvement the Redwings can take. They need Lucas Raymond to be better, and it's not like he was terrible this year, but they just you know it's time for him to take a big step. They, they're expecting more from guys like uh, uh, Joe Valeno. You know, obviously, most Sider will continue to prove. Um, and then you're hoping that Marco Casper and Simon Edmondson uh, make the team whenever Edmondson gets back from his shoulder injury. Um, make the team and make an impact. And you have to essentially bank on that kind of incremental improvement because the reality is, unless Eisenman goes out there and makes a shocker of a trade, there's just not a lot to do this offseason. Like the, the free agency pool is pretty thin, quite honestly. Um, there's some guys they can they can grab. Maybe they win the uh, the David Severson uh, sweepstakes, which is a little bit dramatic to say for uh, uh, probably a middle pair guy uh, on defense. Uh, maybe they pick up like a Mayfield or, or a Radko Gudas, but none of these guys are going to be world beaters. So, yeah, you look to free agency for some things, but. Um, the solution is just not there. The Red Wings need to add uh, to plug in that hole left by Philip Ronick, but they really, really, really need to add scoring long term. This is a team that just didn't finish this year. They don't have the high end scoring talent. Uh, it doesn't exist out there unless, like I said, Eisman goes out and makes a trade. So you have to start to address that, and it, it's not all going to be in one fell swoop. So, yeah, the guys in the winged wheel right now are, are the ones going to have to be to do the bulk of that work. That makes me very nervous. Uh, that makes me very nervous as as a whole to know that you know the the internal development has got to be what kind of brings. I mean, Dylan Larkin, you know, thirty goals, thirty two goals, seventy nine points in the season. That that's fantastic. But when we look down the list, you mentioned high high end scoring. There just there just isn't a lot of that. David Perron was number two with twenty four goals this season. Uh, Kubalik had twenty. Lucas Raymond had seventeen. Were you uh, it, Lucas Raymond seventeen goals in, in seventy four games, twenty eight assists, only forty five points? What did you make of uh, you know Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider's uh, sophomore years? Uh, both of them have some had some stuff to work on. I think Sider had a really rocky start. Um, part of that was he seemed to be kind of. Um, in his own head and, and expecting too much and, and trying to do too much. 
Uh, and another part of it is I don't think that pairing with Ben Sherratt was necessarily a, a good fit stylistically. It just didn't work out. Uh, but Sider figure, figured it out, and once he did, it was the Sider of last season, if not better. So um, there's no real concerns for me from Sider's end. And really, with Lucas Raymond, uh, he was up and down for a lot of the year. Um, I think a lot of that that's lost in there. People forget that he still was up in there. So I'm... By no means am I uh, uh, pressed about Lucas Raymond or, or thinking that this is going to be a, a problem long term. But yeah, you mentioned 17 goals. This is a guy whose shot is, I don't think he believes in his, his own shot enough. He needs to uh, uh, find a way to use that more. Probably needs to build some strength, get, get some uh, uh, weight behind him this offseason. He's done that before, before coming into the NHL, and you kind of have to replicate that process. And building that strength, uh, or that strength, and, and that conditioning at the NHL level is also going to help him find space and uh, adapt as teams kind of game plan around him. The first thing they did once they, you know, so-called got the tape on Lucas Raymond was they just collapsed on him. They took away all his time and space to make decisions and shoot, and he has to uh, adjust around that. So the skill is still still there, the talent is still there, and really he, it wasn't an awful year in terms of production. But yeah, he needs to find a way to really lean on that shot more and uh, get up to NHL kind of strength and, and conditioning there. Do you think that there is um, a way that the Red Wings might be able to move from that ninth selection? Because we talked there about Raymond. It's like, okay, there, there's, going to need, there's going to need to be some some assistance uh, and some assistance like readily available that might not necessarily exist. And if we're banking on, you know, some wild, crazy development where someone's just going to appear into a 40 goal score magically out of a hat. I don't know if that's going to happen this off season within their camp as well. So is there a way or a scenario that you could see that maybe the Red Wings uh, move from number nine where their, where their selection was placed last night that they maybe crack into that top five? Yeah. I mean, it's, let me preface this by saying it's not likely. That top five has a lot of excellent players, like really excellent players, and it's going to be expensive to try to trade into it. But that's my like pie-in-the-sky scenario. The Red Wings have a lot to work with. Like I said, uh, ninth and, and likely 17th in the first round this year, three second-round picks uh, this year, potentially two first-round picks next year. They have quite a few assets. Uh, in that top five, yeah, Connor Bedard's going first overall. Yeah, Adam Fintley is likely going second second overall. That leaves you with Matt Vemichkov, who's a complicated player because he he could be the most uh, close in talent to Connor Bedard, but he's also going to be in Russia guaranteed for the next three years. You have Leo Carlson, and you have uh, Will Smith out of the USNTDP. Uh, if you can land any one of those three, at fifth, that would be absolutely worth it for me, especially if it's, you know, uh, Mitchkov or Will Smith. And that's not a knock on Carlson, but I just think Mitchkov could be such a diamond in the rough. But to try to convince uh, uh, the teams, you know, San Jose, Montreal, or, or Columbus to trade, I, it's, they're going to ask for for a lot. So maybe instead you're trading up to six and then you have your choice of whoever else you like there. Or maybe, I don't know, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, I would love the idea of trading into the top five. My hot take is that they don't make both picks nine and 17 as they are right now. I don't know necessarily that that it's going to turn into trading the ninth overall pick. It could mean trading up from 17 to 12 or something to that effect. Interesting. And with multiple picks in the first round, 
You know, there's obviously a debate because, you know, with the Pistons, they're going to need some uh, some ping pong luck as well. And I, I like to make the case that, OK, if the Red Wings, if we had to sacrifice the Red Wings ping pong ball in Connor Bedard, maybe it will pay off for Victor Wembenyama uh, for the Detroit Pistons. My question then would be if we have two picks in the top 20 as it stands right now. What do you think the probability, if the picks stay where they are at, the probability of both of those guys being able to see time with the Wings next season? It's tough in the NHL. It's uh, it's a different it's a different sport. I know literally, but it's a different sport when you consider it compared to um, to basketball in the NFL, and where guys can make a more immediate impact. I think if you see the ninth overall pick play in the NHL this season, that would be pretty astounding. It doesn't happen very often, but for both 9 and 17, uh, I, I wouldn't bank on that. It's just not how hockey prospects shake out. No matter how talented these kids are, like this is a league of grown men who will absolutely punish you. Um, so, you know, if you're someone who's NHL ready uh, to come in and make an impact day one, in all likelihood you're going higher than 17th uh, and ninth overall. So I wouldn't say that they're going to come in and... Uh, one would be a fantastic outcome, but not both. Okay, I can I can live with uh, I I can maybe live with with one. And yes, the development much more like what we see uh, with baseball, where you're where you're selecting kids and you're gonna see whether they're playing overseas or they're playing uh, on this on this continent here, OHL or WHL, or that maybe they're in the ECHL working their way to the AHL, depending on how the franchise views that pipeline. You know, maybe maybe there will be you know some some sort of like uh, I don't know consolation that maybe we see one of them uh, get to the wings, but you're you're really drafting for you know two, three, four years down the road, and the quick the, as quick as somebody can get to us, uh, the better off uh, you know that the team you know might be. But that's kind of what uh, what what the real hope is to be able to get a guy like Bedard who could come in and play literally right away, like day one. Here he is youngster he's here he's ready and that's why that number one pick not only for the talent but i mean just for the amount of time uh that you could have this guy he's just so valuable i know yeah he's like heartbreaking uh, special player he is a special player and it's you almost didn't want to get too emotionally attached coming into the season or coming into the draft lottery because he's you know the best prospect to come through uh, the draft since since Austin Matthews. I don't know necessarily that I'm putting him at the Connor McDavid level, but it's not insane to talk about, which is something in its own right. So he's going to change the game for Chicago. And if he doesn't, it'll be one of the biggest draft busts in, in professional sports modern history. Hey, no, no pressure, Mr. Bedard. No pressure at all. You got, you got this. All right, I do want to ask you a little bit about uh, uh, the playoffs and, and what's taking place uh, right now, if you don't mind. If we can hop into that real quick. Uh, who, who do you like right now? Is there a team that, you know, obviously with our wings being out, I'm not going to lie, I'm a, I'm a big bandwagon guy, so once the Red Wings are out, I will pick a horse, and I'll ride that horse until they lose, and then I'll jump on another horse. Uh, but I've been, I've been all in on the Edmonton Oilers. They were despicable last night. That was a terrible loss, 5-1 to one to the Vegas Gold Knights. At home, too, in Edmonton. Like, come on, guys. Uh, but is there a team that you are rooting for or a team that you are most interested in following and watching? You know, all the teams out of the West are really interesting to me. Like you, I, I do want to see Edmonton play more hockey just because I love watching, you know, what Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are doing. See, so, I knew I liked uh, you, Ryan. I knew it. Great minds think alike, my friend. 
I'm telling you, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a little wonky over there because I think all four of those teams left in the West could challenge for the Cup. Like, Seattle has blown through expectations. They're bleeding Dallas Stars right now 2-1, and there was a really good case to make coming into the playoffs that Dallas is the most complete team in the postseason. And I still think that might be true. And here Seattle you know, has them uh, – has them, their backs up against the wall. Uh, Vegas, I think, was sorely overlooked just because people thought, oh, well, Edmonton has to go through them, and so Vegas is going to lose. But that's not necessarily the case. They're the first seed in the West. And like you said, they took Edmonton to task last night. Um, obviously, what Florida is doing to Toronto is objectively hilarious and good for everyone. Uh, and, you know, as much as you love to hate the guy when he's playing your team, watching what Matthew Kachuk does is uh, he's going to be the blueprint, the DNA for a lot of GMs in terms of how they want to build their teams, especially when it comes to playoff competitive uh, type of rosters. Uh, so, yeah, I, I pretty much I, I want to see the Edmonton Oilers go as far as possible, but anyone out of the West right now, I think all of those teams are going to be super challenging for whoever comes out of the East. Carolina and New Jersey, I mean, you can't discount Carolina, especially uh, that series is wonky, two blowouts and then a blowout in another direction. These whole playoffs are a little bit chaotic. Um, in terms of who I'm actually rooting for outside of Edmonton, uh, I mentioned Florida up 3 nothing on Toronto. If they seal that, if they move into the, the conference finals, Detroit's second first-round pick uh, that belongs to the Islanders that they got from Vancouver in the Heronic trade, that was poised to be 18th overall, but it moves to 17th overall if Florida moves to the conference finals. So there's a, a an objectively rational reason for us to cheer for the, the Panthers to win at least one more game. And I think that they're going to do that. I think they're going to advance in uh, a sweep there of the Maple Leafs. I mean, boy, the, the fans north of the border, they're going to be just absolutely distraught. I'm glad that you're on board with the uh, the, the McDavid train and, and Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse and the gang out there uh, in Edmonton. They're just a fun team to watch. I just need to you know, get their heads screwed on straight uh, Wednesday night to try to tie that series and, and maybe take this thing to seven. Who knows? Or, or just get it done in, in game six. But you've got to win, you win a, a pair of couple games here back-to-back if you are at Edmonton. His name is Ryan Hanna. You can find him on Twitter. Ryan Hanna, WWP, the Wing Wheel Podcast. Ryan, my friend, as always, thank you so much for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll be able to talk about some lottery luck at some point. Thanks for having me on, man. And yeah, maybe. I hope we don't have to talk about the lottery ever again, but uh, I look forward to doing this soon again anyways. Hey, thank you, my friend. And that's a great point, too. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Godsmack, live and in your face. 
Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Plus Bad Wolves. And Saint Show, Saint Night. Bullet for my Valentine. Tickets start at $28. On sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard. Rock harder. Godsmack. May 26th. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Maybe you have a job as a dentist or a teacher or a student, but if you're driving in your car listening to this ad, your job right now is to drive. That's it. And that job does not involve touch screens or texts or scrolling through social media. It involves your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. Distracted driving is dangerous and deadly. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police has one simple request. Do your job. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back to the huge show, hour number three. You're on this Tuesday evening, about 15 minutes to the top of the hour, roughly about 14 minutes actually to be precise. Tigers baseball first pitch 6:10 this evening on the road in Cleveland, looking for win number two in game number two against the Guardians. Big Nick says uh, AV in the morning and in the afternoon. Let's roll. I love it. I love you, Big Nick. Thanks for being a part of the show. So here's what I didn't have planned, but scratch my plan, hit the delete button on the on the show rundown, and start over as this one just made its way down the wire. Now, some of you may know Anthony Bellino here, filling in for the huge one, Bill Simonson. Uh, some of you may or may not know that I do the uh, public address announcing for the University of Michigan uh, for men's and women's basketball, and then I do the uh, on-field in-game hosting for Michigan football. So I've, I've been doing basketball since 20, I don't know, 2015, 2016, maybe. It's been a while. It has been a while. And uh, we've seen a lot of players come and go. That's why you know, I have a special attachment to guys like Xavier Simpson, Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, one of my favorite players ever, uh, Derek Walton Jr., Zach Irvin, you know, all, uh, a lot of different guys. Duncan Robinson, Jordan Poole. Obviously, I pay a lot of attention to those two because I watched them a lot. Another guy named Hunter Dickinson. Decided he was going to enter the transfer portal. Why am I bringing up Hunter? Huge already talked about this. I'm sure he did. Did Huge already talk about this, Brett? Hunter Dickinson in the transfer portal pick in Kansas? Um, no, he hasn't yet. No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Hunter picked Kansas, uh, for those that may not be aware, which is totally fine. The way he went about it, the video that he released on social media, one of the most cringeworthy, corny videos I've ever seen. Now, look, I'm not spiteful. Go do whatever you want. It, it, at the end of the day, as I like to remind people, win, lose, or draw, it all pays the same. So, yes, Hunter Dickinson 
deciding to go to the portal, was it a shot to the Michigan basketball faithful? Of course it was. The guy's a potential All-American every single year. Like, that's the entire offense. He's gone. Where is everybody? They either went to the NBA or they transferred out. So you got Will Cheese, a.k.a. Will Cheddar, Karis Reed Jr., and Doug McBuckets. The only three guys left. The last of the Mohicans. And me. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. Kobe Buffkin, come back. Anyways, Hunter leaves. It's fine. The video's terrible, but it's fine that he wants to leave. Well, he was discussing his decision on the latest episode of the Round Ball podcast released earlier today. And Dickinson acknowledged the role that name, image, and likeness played in leaving. First off, can we be honest here? At what point is anybody going to actually use their name, image, and likeness to generate money? Or are we just going to disguise pay for play, which is what this is? There is no salary cap. There is no union. There's no rules. The brown bag is now, instead of a brown bag, secretive. It's now just a briefcase. I'll give you X amount of dollars to come and play here. When Hunter Dickinson made the announcement, I said there's probably one of two things. One, he's looking at the roster right now knowing that they're not going to be able to contend. They're not. Like that's just that's just point blank period. I got no other way to say it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. They're not good enough to contend. Not for a national championship. <sighs> no way. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll take the snippet of this audio and it'll be it'll be put together in some montage at the end of the season where our own PA guy says we don't have a chance. Look at us now. Yeah, sure. Okay. Wake up. Anyways, Nutter Dickinson said that he received, quote, less than six figures at Michigan last year. Although it's, you know, unclear, right? Dickinson did say that, you know, he did try to reason that most of the people that would criticize his decision would leave their jobs to receive a $10,000 pay raise. That's if it's 10000 maybe it's more. I've heard it was somewhere in the range, like it could be anywhere between seventy and 90000 a season for 36 games. Are you kidding me? Sign me up for that. When and where? Like, I'm, I'm in. He said, quote, I still do love Michigan. I still love the school and everything. Love the program. That's why it was so hard to leave because I really didn't want to leave. I just felt like it was the best decision for me. Hmm. The writer of this article on The Spun says Dickinson said he gave up his Wolverine legacy to be, quote, selfish and do what's best for his career. Best for your career, best for your pocketbook. I don't know. Bill Self doesn't miss the tournament. Michigan did. It is what it is. Now, some people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe that Michigan's only paying 100 tickets. They're less than six figures. How could they do it? I can hear them now. We got to get an NIL. We got we to gotta get, get a union, folks. That's what we need to do. College basketball and the College Basketball Players Association needs to be a thing. The CBPA, College Basketball Players Association, just like the College Football Players Association, they need to unionize, and they need to take the television rights contracts and lay those out on the table, and you can use the National Hockey League or the National Basketball Association or the National Football League as really good guidance on how to make this work. Football generates... X amount of dollars, 
Here's our collective bargaining agreement. Here is our split of the college football-related income, and that's how we go about doing it. It's not hard, people. It is not hard. Some people might argue with me, well, what about the scholarship? What about the academia? Other people are going to tell me, what about rowing? What about golf? I love golf. I play golf all the time. Some of you don't play golf and you hate when we talk about golf, but I play golf. I like it. It's enjoyable. It's frustrating. Whatever. Guess what? You know how expensive a golf team is in college? Nobody is paying to see college golf. They're not, they're not generating any revenue. What's it take to fly a team to Hawaii, to Florida, to Texas, to California, multiple times a season? You're nuts. College football and college basketball need to take care of themselves. What's the deal for college football? Here's the money. Here's the salary cap. Every team can spend it. That's how we, that's how we do it. Just look to the NFL. It's really not that hard. Shouldn't be complaining over the fact that Michigan only paid Hunter Dickinson in less than they 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 paid him less than six figures. Oh man, I remember when college kids didn't get paid at all. I'm old enough to remember that. Now 70, 80, 90,000 ain't enough. Where are we going? Spiraling out of control. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. Thanks so much for joining us. Huge one back tomorrow. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy Tigers baseball tonight, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs. Keep it locked to the Michigan Sports Network. Bad. Huge.